Good morning. Good morning. After listening to that reading, I wonder how you would feel if you were in uh, Jehoshaphat's army. Imagine the scenario. You're outnumbered, significantly so. You're probably outclassed in terms of the type of soldiers that are, that are coming against you. And uh, naturally, what you do in instances like that, you turn to God, you pray, you pray for a miracle. And for a prophet, Jehoshaphat gets the advice to, to worship, to send singers ahead into the battlefield, to proclaim God's goodness. How would you feel if your military leader, your king, your commander-in-chief was uh, saying, we're going into this battle and all we're going to do is we're going to worship God against this huge opposing army. And the results speak for themselves. There's chaos. The army turn upon themselves, the opposing army, and destroy each other. And the Israeli army are able to, or Judah, are able to uh, take the plunder. Unrealistic? In 1940 was one of the most darkest moments in this nation's history. 300,000 soldiers were pinned down in northern France. Certain death waited them at the hands of the Nazis. Churchill at best thought the Navy could save between 20,000 and 30,000 men. The King of England caused the nation to a day of prayer and fasting. Inexplicably, Hitler delays in giving the order to finish off the Brits for good. Sea vessels were, uh, were found to bring the troops back. And the rest of the war is history. That's the miracle of Dunkirk. That's the power of God. Coincidence? No. Who wants to fast for the heart of the community project? Give it a go. Do you know, worship is one of the most transformative things we can give ourselves to. Now, all of us are worshippers, whether we choose to worship God or choose to worship something else. And the reality of worship is what you worship, what you give yourself to, what consumes your mind will shape you. In other words, you will become like that which you worship. You know, if your God is your career, you will be consumed by that. If your God is money, you will be consumed by that. If your God is sex, that will consume you. If you place your faith in Jesus Christ, if you choose to worship him, you will become increasingly like him and encounter greater freedom. And that's part of what we do when we come to worship. We come to experience the presence of God, the freedom of God. Do you know, sometimes in churches we can get caught up with how slick things look, can't we? Even if it's in a traditional church or about fairly modern churches. You know, we could be con- concerned, most importantly, about our order of service, getting the liturgy right. Maybe in some settings, we could be uh, consumed by fancy lighting, fancy displays. But actually, I think what matters most as the people of God is that we seek that sense of the presence of God. That in our worship, actually, we seek to encounter the living God. I think one of the greatest blessings we have as Christians is that we can all know and experience God's presence as we worship, as we pray. We can connect with God. And there's nothing wrong with slickness in worship and putting lots of effort in. But sometimes 
if we're not, we can miss engaging the heart, and Christianity is a religion of the heart as well. We can know God, we can have a relationship with Him. The presence of God and His power are absolutely linked. And that's what happened in this battle. As they worshipped God, God became present in that situation, in that battle. Do you know, I believe for many of us here, actually, do you know, in, in the midst of difficult circumstances, as we choose to worship God, to press into Him, we will find victories in areas of our lives. We will find hope, we will find strength, we will find freedom. It says in the New Testament that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. As we enter into God's presence, as we invite God's presence, as we open ourselves up to Him and to worship, God comes in our midst. He gives us perspective on our issues. The burdens we carry, He takes them off us. We realize that actually He's in it with us. He's carrying us through. He's giving us strength. Great things can happen as we want to engage in God with worship, as we choose to sing songs that honor him or heart attitudes seek to glorify him do you know it's, it's not uncommon even in this church for people to come in and sense something of the presence of God as we worship together you know even people who aren't believers to just think there's something different about this place there is a presence God is here do you know it's been something I've been privileged to see time and time again I think about a lad uh, when I was in Cheltenham uh, who was going to university. He was a bit of a seeker. I think his girlfriend was a, a Christian and uh, he was sent by the university chaplain along to our church. So he just turns up one Saturday when there's uh, a youth event happening and, uh, and, and he wanted to stick around. So said, yeah, it kicks off such and such a time. Why don't you stick around? And as uh, the band were playing and worshipping that night, there's about 200 plus people there. And uh, just at the back, you could see that this guy was... was was moved by something, by the presence of God, that he was brought to tears. And uh, towards the end of the evening, I went over and just asked if I could, just asked what was happening, and he just described that he could just sense something, the, the love, the presence of God, and I asked if I could pray with him, and there's nothing special about me praying with him, but it just kind of intensified that, that experience he had. And he goes over, and he has this encounter with Jesus, and um, give him a little booklet explaining about the Christian faith and catch up with him that week over a coffee. And he gave his life to Jesus as a result of coming into a church where there was worship, where there was praise. He met with the living God and put his faith and his trust in God. Do you know, I've even heard lots of stories. Actually, as people worship, they're healed. Maybe just sticking a hand up in the air and arthritis being gone from that hand. And part of what we do when we worship is that we are invited uh, to sing songs and speak words that usher in the presence of God, that, that herald acts of his grace. So often as we worship, his presence manifests. Now in one sense, God is always here, isn't he? His spirit is, is kind of everywhere. But there are definitely times where his presence is manifest in such a way to bless us. To, uh, so that we can feel his love in a tangible way. We can feel his his peace. Do you know, also as well, in worship, God calls us to, uh, to partner with him, to partner in what he wants to do. Now, God isn't limited by us, but yet he chooses to take our free will seriously. And the more actually we open ourselves up to him and what he wants to do, the greater things we'll see in our midst, in and through our lives. 
Do you know, often in the context of uh, worship, we will see uh, gifts released, spiritual gifts. Um, this is a normative thing in the New Testament. Just read Corinthians in their worship services. Different gifts were released not just to leaders, to those who had been ordained, to those who were super spiritual, but actually to the wider body. Gifts would be released. Gifts of prophecy, words that encourage and build people up. Gifts of healing, gifts of tongue being interpreted that brings a message that edifies and strengthens the body. And that's often what we strive for in this church, actually. We try and be open to what it is God wants to do in our midst. We want to be close to him. Uh, we want to hear his voice. We want to give room to, for him, to partner with him in what he's doing. This morning, for example, uh, we had a time of prayer ministry after the nine o'clock service, and we just had a time of uh, waiting on the Lord for, uh, for, for different promptings he may want to give us. And, you know, there are a few different words. One word was just about someone with uh, a back pain midway up, and there was a, a lady, Pat, in that congregation who said that word was for her. Now, probably lots of people did have bad backs there being the sort of age demographic it is. But, you know, nevertheless, she, she really felt that was for her. She went forward. She wasn't healed the first time, but on the door we were able to pray again. And all the pain just went immediately. And, do you know, I think that should be the norm in churches, that we seek in our worship as we welcome the presence and the power of God and we try and hear his promptings that, and we, we step out with them. We see God start to work in people's lives or we see words released that bring hope into people's situations. That people, uh, through those words or through prayer, encounter greater freedom, encounter more of the love of God. And it's something that's for all of us. And I think it requires on our part, actually, for us to be obedient in our worship. And that means to be open and to, when we sense the Lord prompt us, to go with it. It may be, and we'll have a go at this in a bit, that whilst we have a time of waiting on the Lord, someone here, you may just feel that God has given you a word for someone else. And as you share that, God can do great things with it. It may be that you sense a sensation in your body, and that could be the Lord indicating that he wants to heal a particular condition. And as you share that, it lifts the faith for that person who has that condition. And quite often than not, you know, that's when I really see the power of God released, actually, when we just obey those simple promptings of what the Spirit wants to do as we're obedient in our worship. Do you know, an American pastor said this. He said, uh, speaking of God, his dealings with humankind are flavoured by by self-imposed insistence that he awaits the welcome of human hearts who consciously decide they want him in their lives. Do you know, in other words, God, he's not going to barge into this congregation. He's not going to override our free will to, to work amongst us. But actually, as we resolve to worship him, to have more of, in, of him in our lives, as we welcome his presence and we open our, him, ourselves up to what he wants to do and we step out, do you know, we will see God do some great stuff in and through us in the context of this church and outside God wants our obedience as the people of God. He wants not just for us to be... Obedience isn't just about, or worship just about what we do on a Sunday, but actually he wants us to try and stay close to him throughout the week, to try and cultivate a life of worship. It it, it doesn't ask for perfection, and none of us are there. But actually I think there's a correspondence as we try and press in and get closer 
to Jesus and cultivate a life of worship, we just become more open to those promptings. We become more open to what it is God wants to do in our lives and his life. And we become more aware of the presence of God within us. I think another thing I'd want to say as well is not to count ourselves out as worshippers of God or as even being used by Him. Now you may be saying, saying Jim, you, you don't know what I'm like. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You, know, you don't know how I get it wrong. You don't know how I get it wrong. Yeah? You don't know what I struggle with. Do you know, God doesn't ask for perfection from us. He asks for hearts that are open to Him. The only thing that will really transform us is the presence of God. Is worshipping God. Don't feel excluded from worshipping God if you're aware there's stuff wrong in your life or not right. Instead, resolve to worship God because as we encounter God we, and as we worship Him and encounter Him, we encounter greater freedom. We are transformed to be more like Him. We can't do that by ourselves. We're designed to worship God and as we worship Him, we're drawn closer, we're changed. Don't let what's wrong about you stop you worshipping what's right about God. He deserves our worship. He deserves our, he deserves our praise. And even Jehoshaphat, in our reading, he made some huge mistakes, military mistakes. He partnered with a very wicked king called Ahab and nearly got himself killed. But he learnt the lessons and he learnt, actually, he needs to be a worshipper. He needs to put God first. And it's Jesus who qualifies us. And the gifts that God releases amongst us, his presence, his power and his gifts, it's because of his grace. Not because of anything we want, we do. Not because we're holy enough or anything like that. They're grace gifts. That's how the New Testament describes them. And he gives them to us even though we don't deserve them because he wants to bless us because he wants to meet with us and what he requires from us is that we're willing to worship we're willing to praise him and we're willing to be open and just step out when he prompts us as well so my encouragement to us today is let's resolve to be worshippers particularly if you're going through a difficult situation turn to worship seek God's presence as a congregation, let's seek more of the Lord in our worship. Let's seek to engage with our hearts. And let's welcome his presence. And let's, let's take risk as well when we feel God is prompting us to say different things. Why don't we stand up?